Hello and welcome to the first ever First Class Fitness podcast with myself, Marcus Biles and Jack Brown. In this first episode, which we are really excited for, as it's our first time doing this, we've got a fancy new microphone in front of us both. Jack is going to interview me. I haven't seen the questions. I don't know what he's going to ask me. If I know Jack well, there'll be a few uh, a few that may catch me off guard in there, so <laughs> to speak. Um, but yeah, he's going to ask me a series of questions um, about the last eight years, um, personal training, first class fitness, all things health and fitness, I guess. So over to you, Jack. Okay, so obviously there's going to be a lot of our members listening to this um, and hopefully some non-members too. So getting to know you a bit more, um, this might be for our members as well. Um, tell us a bit more about yourself, how you got into the health and fitness industry, um, sort, of, sort of from a young age, sports, growing up, and then what led you down this route? Great question. And probably similar to a lot of people who are in the health and fitness industry now, whether they're personal trainers, physiotherapists, etc. I loved sports as a kid, played every sport, Football, cricket, rugby were probably my top three and played to a reasonable standard, Dorset and whatnot for those sort of sports. Um, But I played everything. And when you go to college or when I went to college, I decided to do a BTEC in sport. And you start to learn a little bit more about the other elements of sport, i.e. psychology, anatomy and physiology, um, health and fitness, the fitness side of being an athlete not just the skill acquisition side that we all focus on as yep. a youngster. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was still very sport mad at college, but I was starting to understand and respect and have appreciation for the other side of sport, you know, more the health and fitness side, so to speak. And I went to university and I really only went to university because my sister and brother went and it was kind of, that was just like, you, I best go then sort of thing. And I remember, step. yeah, and I remember thinking, speaking to mum and dad about it and kind of, I wasn't really massively keen on going, but it was kind of like the logical step. And, you know, at that point, I know me and you've spoke about it before, how that was the time I had to accept that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. Yeah, <laughs> which is the be all and end all for a lot of, lot of young people growing up. Yeah, for 10 years of my life, that's what I wanted to be. And that mm-hmm. was what my thoughts are on. And you have these visualization, visualizations all the time of you being a professional athlete and how it would be. And and it's hard. We've talked about it before how, you know, you kind of cry when you find out you're not going to be a professional football yeah. player because it's just like, oh, I've got, I've got to actually accept that now. You sort of hang on to it for as long as you can, especially when you see a player coming through at like 18, 19 rather than 16. You think, oh, there's still a chance sort of thing. Yeah. So anyway, I went to university and a couple of weeks before I went, I broke my wrist playing football for Portland. And um, the week after, um, I was going on holiday to, to Holland because one of my friends is um, Dutch and we were going over there to stay with his friend and, and party, basically. And I broke my wrist, um, could still fly and still went everything, but I was in a cast. And that week, um, just basically partied, ate, drank, didn't live a healthy lifestyle whatsoever. <laughs> then I went to university and done two weeks of freshers in Cardiff. Again, didn't eat well, didn't drink well, didn't have a good lifestyle for those few weeks and basically ended up uh, putting on between half a stone to a stone and I just didn't like what I saw in the mirror and suddenly my confidence went a bit you know when you're a young sportsman you have such confidence a slight air of arrogance about you yeah which took me through all walks of life mm-hmm. social and, and mentally I was pretty strong because I was confident because of my sports playing and um yeah and it just not my confidence and that was when I went right I need to get fit again to be able to play sport for university because I had a scholarship 
but my scholarship was based on me representing the university. And I was like, right, I, I can represent the university right now because I feel like I couldn't run half a mile. <laughs> um, you know, and I was probably just mostly intoxicated with alcohol after three weeks of, of drinking, of, you know, smashing it, so to speak, <laughs> with the lads. But, you know, um, anyway, so I started running back and forth to Cardiff Bay and I sort of built up my distance. And then I was like, right, I want to join a gym now. So I joined Cardiff Bay Gym and had a 50 meter Olympic swimming pool there. And it was really cool. And and it, it went from there, really. That's yeah. a, a summary of my early years, my college and university and how I, you know, got into it. And when I was at um, university, like I said, I had a scholarship and I actually used some of my scholarship money to pay for my level two gym instructor and level three personal qualifications that I'd done during university because my university degree was sports coaching and performance. Mm -hmm. So although a lot of what we done was looking at aspects of personal training, my qualifications I had to pay for additionally separately. Okay, I see. Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose it's, it's a lot like um, a lot of younger younger people, they grow up doing sports and then it gets that sort of that 16, 17, 18 year old when then then introduce the gym if they're playing to a high level. Yeah. They may do certain strength and conditioning aspects to aid them in a certain sport. But um, yeah, very similar to me as well. Um, okay, so obviously leading on from there, you've obviously left university, you've come back um, and you've gone self-employed as a personal trainer? Correct. Correct. Um, and obviously you wanted to start your own business and this is where First Class Fitness had come from. Yes. Um, so the reasons and the inspiration for for that is obviously you obviously wanted to work for yourself. Yeah. Um, and always wanted to come back to sort of your hometown to do mm. that. Um, yes, yeah, so it's just sort of give us an overview of First Class Fitness. What is First Class Fitness as a whole? And um, tell us about when it first started. Okay. Um, shall I go over how it first started to begin with? And yeah. then yeah. what yeah. I think yeah. of it is a, as a whole, as such, and, and what our mission is. So um, how it started. Yeah, I started personal training at the ripe age of 21, straight out, fresh out of university. And I always went to the Weymouth College gym. I went to the Weymouth College gym when I was at college, obviously done my lectures in that gym. And when I used to come home from university, the gym I would train at was Weymouth College gym because it was a stone throw away from my house. Um, so I got on well with everyone there. If you look at it now, it's not, a, it's not a great gym. It never has been an amazing gym, but it served a great purpose for me at that age. And um, I came back and like I say, I was like, right, I want to be a personal trainer. I want to set up my own business as sole trader and you haven't at that you just don't have a clue at that age yeah you fit 20 21 is that sort of age where you think you're grown up but you are not grown up you don't really know that much and i knew nothing about business all as i knew is that i wanted to be a personal trainer i loved health and fitness and i loved i realized at university that i loved helping people reach their goals whatever that was whether it was sport related whether it was weight related in terms of weight management whether it was you know solving a problem rehabilitation wise so that's what I wanted to do. So I went down to Weymouth College and basically just spoke to them there. And Neil Carter was a personal trainer at the time who people might know. And he was the only personal trainer there. So so long as it was okay with him, which he was fine with it, I was allowed to share his office and start personal training. And that's that's what I did. Um, and I soon realized that people, when you suddenly become a personal trainer, people don't knock at your door. Yeah. Because <laughs> you kind of, everyone still thinks this, that you turn, you know, I see young men and women doing it now not i'm not young but starting right and they put on facebook i'm a personal trainer now and, and then they just expect to list a, a, a queue of people at the door going can i sign up can yeah. i sign up you just think that and i don't know why <laughs> how we're so naive yeah. but we are at that age and we expect people to turn up and i was like and no one was wanted personal training and i just didn't know what to do and anyway i started doing spinning classes because 
I was a good cyclist because um, I've trained, done an Ironman and was still doing triathlon at the time. And I was like, right, let's do spinning classes. Let's, because that would be easier to get people in. You know, it's easier to make people pay four to five pounds to do a class than it is to make someone pay 20, 30 pounds for an hour of personal training initially yeah, when, they, you know, when they don't know ananything about you. So I started doing spinning classes, done two at Weymouth, um, at Redlands, who were in association with Weymouth College, two at um, Weymouth Swimming Pool. And I basically built up there and I worked really hard. My first ever spin classroom, I had one person there one lady and i do you know what, i can't remember her name i remembered it the other day because i was speaking to someone about it and that was it but i thought right you've just got to put on a show and deliver because if she likes it she tells a friend you got two next week of course the week after i had eight um, and it just built from there and eventually i would fill every spin class i'd done you know i got a bit of a reputation i guess for for delivering a good spin class and i thought right what i'm going to do now is offer a free weekend of personal training anyone can sign up for an hour free of charge during that hour i'll produce a really good session be as professional as possible and i also talk them through what i would deliver as a package for personal training and i would let them sign up with a 10 or 20 percent discount okay and i filled like nine slots over the saturday and the sunday and i think most signed up and that was the start of personal training and first class fitness came from there really because jamie then wanted to get into personal training who was my best friend and we're like, well, we might as well do something together. So we formed First Class Fitness. And since then, it's just been idea after idea after yep. idea. And it's just snowballed. You just, it just rolls and you you get better um, because you go on courses and you're you know vigilant of what you're doing. You analyze what you're doing. And, and it's just snowballed from there. Like yeah. it really has. Like the eight years have flown and it's just gone from that to that. And now with First Class Fitness, now I see First Class Fitness as the best personal training facility and provider in the Weymouth Portland Dorchester area and I want that to grow from here into the best in Dorset and you know wherever we can and take so it on. now and of so course. on but that's what I see it as now yeah obviously you've got the fantastic obviously uh, the gym now in Weymouth um, but before you had that you had sort of uh, the programs you were running you had the fit camp um, you had the physiques programs that you were running um so the reason for opening the gym was it having having that own space, uh, the inspiration for that, having that hub that people can come to. Um, obviously, you've got great members. We've got great members coming to the gym. That's um, right. <laughs> so obviously, the, the inspiration for the opening of the gym. Did you see that as the last sort of the last piece of like um, the jigsaw as such to what you wanted? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, me, Jamie. And Misha, because Misha came into the business from a reasonably early point. We always spoke about having our own place. And before even Jamie had come along, even when I first started personal training, I knew the odd person in the UK. There was only a couple at that point who had their own facility. And it was nothing like we've got now. It was more a, a double garage okay, but, yeah. uh, that they were renting and had a couple clients coming down there to train each day. And I just loved the thought of being able to have our own place, our own rules, our own measures of quality, our own measures of what was good and what wasn't good because the gym I was working in at the time when college and, and after active fitness, there were so many flaws that I could see that I wanted to improve upon. And, you know, the problem with being a personal trainer in a commercial facility is that you're all, there's so many external factors that are going to affect your hour with your client yeah. or the programs you run because there's so many other members, members of staff, equipment being used that suddenly you that 
you know, totally might throw your session out of balance, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, the dream was always to have my own facility. I never thought it would be this good. Yeah. Um, never, ever did I visualize it this good. Um, I always visualized it, but not this good. And, but now we have this typical human being. I now visualize it better. <laughs> And the next step again. Of course. And unfortunately, as much as you say it was a missing piece of the puzzle, so to speak, it's like when you complete a puzzle, what do you do with it? You go and do the next one. You put it back in a box and get the next one. Of course. <laughs> and this is the problem, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I put that piece in a puzzle and we had our opening day and it was amazing and, and blah, blah, and it's been amazing since. And But, you know, since we've put more aircon in, we've done the men's changing rooms up, which is thousands of pounds. We've had meetings we started staff training and developing ourselves further as individuals and we've all you know we've had a lot of meetings recently about how we want to improve our service again and we want to start doing this so you just like you yeah, say yeah, yeah. you complete the puzzle but no one leaves their puzzle up on the table of for course. for like weeks afterwards yeah. today proud but i suppose never satisfied you always want more yeah unfortunately it's human nature of course um so currently I'm reading a really good book, Start of Why, um, and I've got some parts called The Golden Circle. Uh, we spoke about this the other day. Mm. Um, and a lot of people always know what they do and how they do it, but they never know why they do what they do. Um, and I want to ask you why our members know why we do what we do. But for people who aren't listening, what, why, why do you do what you do and offer all these services to, to our members and obviously non-members who hopefully we, we can get joining in? and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my why is huge. Um, it, you know, that like makes me straight away think of a few different things. But, you know, you, we always ask our clients, don't we? One of the first things when we have a consultation is like, why are you here? Of course, yeah. <laughs> and why do you a want to achieve time, that? They're, they're stuck. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. And, you know, my why is that I've realized over the years is that I love helping people. I love that taking someone who isn't in a great place for whatever reason, whether it's physically, physically and mentally, whether it's just mentally, whether it's a lower back, whether it's weight, whether it's diabetes type two, whatever it is, my why for doing what I do is because I love helping people and seeing the satisfaction they have when they achieve their yeah. targets mm -hmm. and they're in such a better position in their life. Yeah. And it comes a lot from my mum mom and dad, I think. You know, if you look, if I look now, I've never said this years ago, but if I look now what my dad does and what my mum do and the way they live their lives, I'm like, no wonder I've turned out the way I am, but in a health and fitness way. Yeah. <laughs> because my dad's job's always been, you know, working within a charity and organisation and helping people who aren't so fortunate or vulnerable. And, and I help people the same way now who aren't so fortunate as I am to be in the physical mental state i am for whatever reason okay you yeah. know and i'm not saying i'm perfect so i'm nowhere near but you know i haven't got a lower bad back i'm not overweight I haven't, do you know what i mean i haven't got any underlying health issues at this point yeah fortunately so i can help those who aren't so fortunate at this point yeah that's my why um and that's why i love doing what i do okay Moving on. Good. Good answer. Good was answer. that good? Was that yeah. good? Was yeah, that it was good. good. It was good. Um, I've also noted down here as well, um, obviously I know you as uh, Marcus the PT, uh, the manager. I've never been called that. Marcus the PT. <laughs> Marcus <yeah>. the PT. <laughs> uh, Marcus, obviously the friend uh, and colleague, and then also Marcus, sort of the owner and the HQ of the gym. You're obviously now um, a husband and obviously got wife, Kimberly. Mm -hmm. You're a brother. Um, you're a son. Uh, you're a manager as well, which I wanted to talk about as well, the sort of, 
the new concept of you being a manager? I know you say to us boys, you say that you don't see yourself as a manager, mm-hmm. um, but how have you adapted to sort of that role, um, managing the HQ, managing over 100 members who come in? Um, obviously, you do a very, very busy week of PT, sort of 40, 50 hours a week managing accounts, mm-hmm. managing the business, managing your own PT business. How has how is all of that adapted over this last year that sort of your life's changed with the HQ? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> and the sim- keeping Kimberly happy, which is very, yeah, very yeah, hard. Yeah, which we all know is challenging. The simple answer is I'm still adapting. Yeah. That would be, you know, if I could sum it up in a few words, it would be I'm still adapting. And I certainly am uh, because it obviously it presents its own challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, day to day. Yeah, managing a facility out. and managing people is a whole job in itself, really. That could be, I could, I could employ someone, you, you know this, I could easily employ someone. And if I said, right, you're now a personal training manager, you've got to manage me as a personal trainer, you've got to mar- manage Misha, Jack, Harry, Jared, Ryan, Luca the Apprentice, and you've got to manage the facility, i.e. make sure there's enough coffee capsules, make sure the changing rooms, the cleaning routine is done every day. That would be a job in itself, which yeah. I do alongside every now. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it has taken time to adapt and I am still adapting. Um, but I do love it. I've, I think I've, you know, I was always generally in my football teams, I was always the captain. Mm-hmm. So I've obviously always had, had those leadership, leadership qualities. qualities, exactly that. You know, I'd love to say they were natural. I don't really believe many things are natural, but obviously was a bit bossy growing up and then end, <laughs> ended up try, like not being so bossy, but maybe being a bit more inspirational as a leader. Um, so yeah, I've always sort of had a tendency to, to take the reins. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoy it. But at this point, if I said, where was my weakness? My weakness would be that I haven't got enough, um, what would you call it? Uh, strategies and systems in place yet within first class fit- fitness to help me do those things easier. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. There's documentation and things I could have in place, which I'm working on at the moment, that will make managing the facility and managing the personal trainers like yourself mm-hmm. and everything and, and all your queries and, uh, and everything like that would be a lot easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, I'm enjoying it, absolutely relishing it, but I am still adapting. Yeah, of course. But like you said there, you're still adapting, what, been open a year and a half? Yeah, basically a year and a half. Year and a half. So it's still very new to you. Absolutely. Um, and I've wrote down here as well. One year success has it been one question mark? If I was to say, it, I would say it's been the business was a success before <laughs> I came, before yeah. you went in the gym. Um, but looking at since we've been here, if you were to look at before you started your one year plan, how you saw it going, mm-hmm. would you say it had been one? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I struggle with saying that because I straight away think negatives. Yeah. What haven't I done? What could have been better? But mm-hmm. yeah, if I'm, you know, I have to sometimes give myself a bit of credit and give you boys and, and everyone who's been in here credit is yes, it's absolutely a success. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at you from when you started, you started in October 2018. Mm-hmm. Correct? Correct, yes. I, I didn't, that wasn't planned. That's I knew that. <laughs> so, and since you've joined... If you look at, if I just took you, just taking you would be, yeah, that's a success. Yeah. Do you, do you see what I mean? Of so course. there's so many success stories. You think you're a success story. And then I know one particular client you work with who had type 2 diabetes and don't now. Mm-hmm. That's a success story. Mm-hmm. How quickly you built up your hours as a PT 
is the fastest anyone's ever done at first class fitness. You know, let's say from naught to 30 hours a week, which I would see from going from none to a near enough full time um, schedule. Yeah. That's a success. You've worked with many other weight loss clients. There's so many ways, though, including oh. me. We've got what we've obviously got the apprentice now. We've had Jared, we've had Ryan join on board. You've got what seven, six PTs working plus the apprentice, plus yeah. the apprentice basically working sort of full time hours. We've got classes that are full to the brim before mm-hmm. obviously all of this happened with the COVID situation. Yeah. Um, we've got an online platform now that we've yeah. adapted and fully sort of got that kitted out and yeah. working. Um, working efficiently um so like you say yeah i i wrote down it has been a success the one year um which we can also say that yeah you have as well yeah but there's always room for improvement which we're always striving for yeah and if you go off the average norms 80 percent of personal trainers don't make it a year that's that is the statistics the data and every single one of us has mm-hmm. plus the gym has so i would and you know we are a personal training private gym we aren't a commercial gym so yeah therefore we all had an 80% chance of failing. Yeah. But we all haven't. So mm-hmm. I would straight away see that as a success. Yeah. Um, no, I think 100%, like you said earlier, um, I, I don't know many other gyms in sort of the Dorset area similar to us. No. Um, so we're going off our own strategy as such. And that's it. And that's the, that's quite tough now. That is the tough thing is who do we compare ourselves to? Who can we learn from now? And that's, that's mm. a presents a challenge in itself. Yeah. You know, because early on in my career, it was kind of, and you, you'll understand this is it's very easy to find people that you like, like their way of doing things in the health and fitness industry. You like their model. Yeah. And you kind of imitate that, but with your own personality thrown in there. Whereas we're in a position now where it's quite hard to do that because we're probably the, the front runners locally for sure in terms of personal training. Yeah. So we have to try and create our own new higher and better standards, which I think is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So touching on obviously we've done sort of a year and a half now, um, we've looked back at the first year and a half it's been a success which we've sort of agreed on um five years time or sort of three to five years time you have your goals or structure that you want to set what what's what's in the future for the first class fitness and its members and people listening if they're joining or want to join i'd love to expand this gym a bit further or Mm -hmm. you know we've all agreed that we love the space we've got we just need a bit more Mm -hmm. so we'd love to expand this and i've always said that i want to have multiple facilities so I don't want this to be a one-off. Um, and But is that within the five-year plan? I don't know. I, I don't want to jump the gun, that's for sure, and not have this, not perfect, because there's no point chasing perfection, but have this with all the, the strategies and systems in place that I spoke about earlier yeah. for me be, to be able to then do the same but somewhere else. When you've got something that works so efficiently, it is easier probably to imitate it. Mm-hmm. But when it's not working efficiently, you'd be silly to try and, create it again of course so i'd love to expand to have more facilities i to have more personal trainers um and i'd love to have sort of first class physios involved as well yep um so we help people out on a broader spectrum i suppose there's always that um that ability to like you say physios nutritionists different things you can always expand on yeah. and get new staff in and yeah. delve in different areas of the health and fitness industry yeah um as the business grows absolutely but at the same time i'm a believer that you, you at the same time you don't want to be a um want to perfect one yeah i want to personal training is our thing and you know i don't want to be a jack of all trades mm-hmm. master of none i what personal training is what and resistance training is what i want to be 
a specialist in and want us to continue to be specialists in. But it'd be nice just to be able to cater for different situations when they occur. We know we will have um, clients that have the odd issue here and there. It would be nice to have the, you know, the helping hand of a physio to to just pinpoint where all that, you know, it would make a client's journey within first class fitness even better. Yeah. And that's the whole idea is that people come into first class fitness and it is a first class service and they get a first class experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the five year plans so have multiple, uh, multiple um, facilities, whether that be in five years, I don't know, but that is the plan to push that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll do some stuff online, especially following COVID because it's gone so well. We'll keep some online stuff and the online, we may create an online platform that grows. But the most important thing is that can we just keep improving our personal training services? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And group training services. For sure. Small group training. For sure. Um, yeah. My next point is sort of, um, which we've sort of touched on in that five-year plan, the goals for the gym, um, the clients, the staff, sort of short-term, medium and long-term. Um, I know myself and the other PTs will have our own personal goals that we go through in our yeah, meetings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but any sort of standout goals for the gym, that come up that potentially the members would want to know about um so yeah definitely short to medium term we want to expand of course um upstairs that's the plan to get that and be able to then have like there wouldn't be anything missing we'd have arguably the best gym weymouth dorchester portland to be honest um and we'd be private so like you know we'd probably have a better gym the most public gyms but in a private setting which is quite amazing um so that's definitely the plan um there's a there's a big plan at the moment resource wise for personal training clients mm-hmm. so we're creating something called the fcf bible at the moment which is basically a book and a resource for all our clients and physique members i.e small group pt members as well as one-to-one clients where as soon as they sign up they get this this book which just has everything they need to know about sleep diet stress so vitamin D and all the, you know, supplementation and all these different things so that that improves our service and people's journey. We're creating a portal on our website where you could log in as a member and you'd have every exercise known to man <laughs> demonstrated by us on there. So if you're following your own program in the week when you're not with your personal trainer, you know what you're doing absolutely down to a T and on that membership site as such is going to have loads of other resources as well. Okay, yeah. You know, mobility work, yoga practices, recipes, all these different things. So it's like a member's hub. So we're working hard on that as well at the moment. So again, improving the member's journey and experience within first class fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I believe we've touched on m- most things. I think we have there. Yeah. We've got um obviously gone through about you and your your um your lifestyle growing up and getting into the health fitness industry who you are as a manager at PT um, at home as well. Um, <laughs> I'm not great at home. Yeah, the reasons, inspirations, <laughs> obviously, for the gym, the more better understanding for members who potentially don't know much about the gym as well. Mm-hmm. One-year success and a five-year plan, um, which is sort of set in stone as well. Um, and then goals for myself and you and other the other PTs as well. So yeah. hopefully everyone listening has got a better understanding of Marcus, Marcus Biles, Biles, the PT. The <laughs> Marcus Biles, the PT. They call me CEO or Balzu 15. Yeah. <laughs> CEO in a professional sense and Balzu 15 because that's still my uh, my personal email address. <laughs> Balzu 15 at hotmail.com. <laughs> yeah, so that will be uh, episode number one. 
I'll tell you what, we need to sort out episode number two. I know. Am I going to be interviewing it's you? Gonna, it could be. It could be, it could couldn't be. it? So, guys, stay tuned because you might you might find out a little bit more about Jack Brown. Yeah. <laughs> you went to my questions. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I hope you've enjoyed that. And finding out a little bit about me, where First Class Fitness started, um, how it's come about and where it's going in the next, like you say, X amount of years and the goals we've got in place. Um, so, yeah, hope you enjoyed listening, whether you're walking, running. Have a great day. Have a great week and we'll see you next week for our second podcast, episode number two. Thanks, guys. All right, take care, guys. Bye now.